we're made to be challenged to give our lives to something that is greater than ourselves. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Today's topic, no fear. Real stories of a courageous new generation standing for truth. Something is happening among today's younger generations. A revolution is starting. I found myself looking into the mirror, knew I wasn't who I wanted to be. I was living life the way that I wanted, but my eyes reminded me I'm not free. Believe the lie, so everything that I know says I gotta go, tired of going solo. But I'm never gonna go there again. This is what it is, this is who I am. Welcome into Life, Love, and Family. Hi, I'm Dr. Tim Clinton, your host. Today we're going to be talking about a revolution that's starting with our younger generations. Often people say they're walking out, they're walking away from the faith. But some people are saying they're marching toward God. They want a voice and they want to be at the table right now and they're doing it. Today we're going to talk about no fear, real stories of a courageous new generation standing for truth. Our special guest, Dr. Tony Perkins. Tony is president of the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. He also serves as president of the Council for National Policy, an organization of the nation's leading conservative policy and business entrepreneurs. He is without a doubt one of America's most leading advocates for the Christian faith. Tony's a good friend. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Family. Dr. Clinton, great to be with you. How are things going? What's going on inside your heart and your mind right now? Well, these are uh, these are exciting times. They're challenging times. But, you know, with challenges come opportunities. And this is a great opportunity, I think, to be a Christian today. We have an opportunity to let our light shine. We have an opportunity to make a difference. And, uh, you know, as you're talking about in the opening, what encourages me a few years ago, I did this Bible study on the words, no fear. What I found is every time you see those in scriptures, and I challenge people to take a look at it, in almost every occurrence of that, when God tells someone, you know, have no fear, fear not, it almost always precedes God doing something extraordinary through ordinary people. And as I did that study, I began to see young people standing up for their faith in a way that really, Tim, I think our generation almost took for granted our religious freedom, and, and it was kind of accepted for us to stand up or at least to be identified with Christ. And I'm just seeing a courage, a boldness in this younger generation that I just don't think our generation had. Tony, I think if you look at most of the research that's out there, a lot of people, they fear God. They want to talk about their faith. They're wrestling with spirituality and more, Tony, but in, in a lot of ways— You'd never know it. It just seems like the media and more have muzzled or basically had a beat down on Christianity. Maybe it's the fear piece, first of all, that has just silenced the church. Yes, there's something stirring. We're going to talk about that. But let's stay with that fear concept for a moment. Have you sensed that over the last, say, decade or two? And what do you think contributes to it and more? Oh, no question. And I think that's what holds us back, and that's why I chose the title No Fear, because we we have a choice, Tim. We can either live under the influence of fear, or we can live under the influence of faith. 
You can't do both. You have to choose. Each of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, have to choose whether or not our life is going to be influenced by faith, which faith says advance, go ye therefore, or fear, which says retreat, which says hide, which says be quiet, which says, you know, hide in the shadows. You can't do both. You've got to do one or the other. You've got to choose. And I do think you're right. I think that the church, Christians, have been overly influenced by their fears rather than their faith. And as a result, we've grown silent at a time when our voice needs to be heard more than ever. I think natural fears are like the fear of failure, rejection, maybe public speaking. But let's talk about the threats or the hatred, the rejection and more that's going on from, say, Bill Maher on HBO, whatever, just blasting mockery, basically, of Christianity to attacks, even like uh, something that's happening at your building there in Washington, D.C. I talk a little bit about that in in the book and the different profiles that I do. But, you know, my background, I was in the the Marine Corps. I was a police officer. I worked in anti-terrorism. I've been a TV reporter. I've held political office. I've actually personally experienced all those things which can lead to fear. I've been in situations where there were physical threats. I've been in situations where people are mocking you and making fun of you. And and that's really the greater fear that we face as Christians in America in the 21st century is we're fearful of rejection. We want to be accepted. And when we're mocked for our faith, we're made fun of, or we're marginalized and uh, we face rejection from our peers, that's difficult. But Jesus prepared us for that, even when he prayed the priestly prayer in John, that we're, we're going to face these things. And we've had the benefit in this country for, you know, of course it's changed in the last 30 years, but many of us uh, at least got the tail end of it, the wake of a, of a culture that pretty much embraced a Christian worldview. That's changed. And we're coming back, really, I think, to the New Testament times of the early church, where it cost us something to be followers of Jesus Christ. And, but again, what's encouraging is that I'm finding it's more than a remnant, but I'm finding a number of young people that are willing to make that commitment. Tony, what drives you? What's inside of you? And what do you say to others who are sort of like in that tipping point zone where they're wrestling? Yes, I want to stand up for God. I want to do something for God. But going over into kind of no man's land where you feel alone and lost, or where's everybody else at? Everybody scatters on you when you take a stand. Actually, I've been there many times to ask that question, where is everybody? Did I take a wrong turn somewhere? It really begins, and that's what's interesting in these stories, is that this becomes a lifestyle. Uh, Tim, it's not something that people wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to go out and impact the world for Jesus. No, it starts in the smallest ways. And just as David, when he faced Goliath, he had a track record that he had established with God by being a shepherd boy out there in the middle of nowhere, protecting the sheep from the lions and the bears, and God delivered him from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And so he was prepared to face Goliath, which began, you know, the, the really the public acknowledgement of his leadership. In the same way with us, you know, God's going to test us. Maybe it's in the classroom when Christianity is mocked, as we see in one of the profiles in the book. And we say, you know what? I'm not walking around with the Jesus chip on my shoulder waiting for a fight, but there comes a time when you just can't be silent anymore and you've got to stand up. We've got to be prepared, and it becomes a lifestyle 
of simply living out our faith, not looking for conflict, but certainly not running from it. You know, my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, Tim, he said, look, if you ever start a fight, I'm going to wear you out when you get home. (laughs) But he said, if you ever run from a fight, you're going to get the same whooping when you get home. (laughs) And I think that's what God's not wanting us to start a fight on. He doesn't need us to start fights for him. We shouldn't have an attitude. Our attitude should be loving and caring. But somewhere, somebody's got to stand. Just like the Apostle Paul. You know, he said, is this how you treat Roman citizens? I have rights. And he stood up as he presented the gospel, as he took the gospel further than anyone else at the time, wrote, uh, you know, the majority of the, the books of the New Testament, and he exercised his rights, and he stood up. And I believe that's where we are today. We must stand up exercising the rights that our founders and not shrink back and let those rights erode and be taken from us. Our special guest today is Tony Perkins. He's the president of the Family Research Council out of Washington, D.C. Brand new work called No Fear, Real Stories of a Courageous New Generation Standing Up for Truth. Tony, I I went through the stories in here, and I'll tell you, immediately my mind went to my son, Zach. He's a sophomore at Liberty University. This is the kind of book that I think a a young man like Zach could benefit from. They're out there in, in the midst of this chaotic culture, where everything about Christianity is being challenged at every turn, yet the stories of those who want to boldly stand up. What is it about that generation, Tony? They're starting to get a little radical. We played the Newsboys as part of the intro on this thing, and it's fitting because there is something going on. What is it that's stirring inside of them? Are they sick and tired of their mom and dad not doing something? Or are they really wrestling with God in a different way because of where society is? What do you think stirring? I think it's all the above, but I also think we're made for this, Tim. We're made to be challenged to give our lives to something that is greater than ourselves. You know, as a Marine veteran, I always keep an eye on the marketing of the Marine Corps. It has really never changed. And in fact, if you go out, even after a decade of uh, being involved in uh, armed conflict, the Marine Corps has never had a problem meeting its recruitment numbers. If you go out and you look at a billboard, I challenge anybody listening, look at a billboard, see what it says. You'll probably see it say this, it's a commitment to something greater than themselves. And that's what Jesus called us to do. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Now, we kind of lose a cross, we're thinking of jewelry or bling or something. No, it was a form of certain death. And you know, we've made that in the church over the last generation. Basically, take your picnic basket and follow me. We're not challenging people to give their lives to a greater cause. And that's what I see among these young people, is that there is now a challenge that's before them, and they're taking that challenge. They want to give their lives to something that's meaningful, not church business meetings, you know, not arguing over the color of the carpet, but to give their lives into something that will make an eternal difference. And that's where we need to be as this generation challenging the next generation to give their lives to something that will make an eternal difference. Tony, in your book, No Fear, Real Stories of a Courageous New Generation Standing Up for Truth, number of stories in there, but one in particular stood out, a young man named Chad Farnan. In his high school, in class, he has an experience, and he does something about it. I was kind of making reference to that earlier. He was in a an advanced class on, I think, European history. He had this professor that just kept um, really running down Christianity, running down conservatism, and he challenged it. He didn't want to. 
I mean, he would prefer just to sit back and, uh, and and be quiet and and be left alone. He just needed to get the class so it could look good on his transcript for college. But at some point, as he wrestled through this, and we walk through this in the book, we don't just talk about that one epic event. I write about the whole experience, what led up to that, and the, and the wrestling through that. And that's what I think is very important about this, Tim, is that in each of these cases, we also include a biblical figure and give the biblical foundation. Because what I, I don't want to do is feel this uh, kind of libertarian mindset of just rebelling, rebelling against all authority. That's not what we're proposing here or what these young people have done. They come to a point, they have to make a decision to stand for their faith. That's exactly what Chad did. Yeah. And I I love the example of Gideon that you used to be a demonstration of what Chad was trying to get, what he got done by standing boldly for his faith. Now, that doesn't mean that Chad didn't get the ire or, or receive basically an assault against him, and he had to withstand it. But somewhere in this, again, here comes this tipping point. You're making a decision about who you're going to stand for. And yes, you're going to get you're going to get pounded for it, but at, in the end what really matters, I guess. He, he did. He talks about how some of his friends uh, ostracized him, how he, you know, would walk through the hallway and you know, he had some detractors, but he also found that there were a lot of people that came to his defense and also stood with him because a lot of people are just waiting for somebody. They know something is not right, they know it's wrong, but they're afraid. And that's why the title, No Fear, No Fear of Man, Only a Reverence for God. And that's what each of these young people, like Chad, displayed in this case. But again, I want to underscore, Tim, that we're not just talking about being rebellious, uh, anarchy. Uh, What we're talking about are young people that, and most of these, almost all of them are millennials. There's a couple that are a little bit older they just made that choice, and they wrestled through it, and we walked through that process. Because I know there's a, a lot of young people out there that are wrestling with this. As followers of Christ, we know that there are things that we must say. We must stand up. We must defend the faith. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father who's in heaven. We want to acknowledge Christ. But in a culture that you know is constantly suppressing that, uh, and in a church that has not modeled fearless living. These are models. These are the different scenarios, different situations, different circumstances. But we show these modern day examples of fearless living, but then again, we juxtapose those in each case, each chapter, with a biblical figure, because we want young people to have the biblical foundation for the stand that they take. Yeah. Ordinary people, extraordinary outcomes, just because of their fidelity to Christ. That's what struck me as I went through each of these stories. Mariah Peters was a, a, a young lady who, who wanted to be like a Kelly Clarkston. You, know, you talked about that on American Idol. And God led her down that road. And uh, it didn't have that outcome that she thought, but nevertheless, her story took her, Tony, all the way to Nashville, where uh, she got involved in the music industry anyway. And I think somehow she made a connection with that group for King and Country. And on the story goes, just because she quote, made a decision to chase after or follow after God and be bold in her faith. That's what you're trying to get done. You're trying to instill in the hearts of these young people and to all of us as Christians that regardless of where you're at, you can make a difference for God. And when we trust God with the outcome, it may not, as you pointed out with uh, Moriah, it wasn't the path that she 
thought she was going to go on, and she was uh, auditioned for American Idol. But as she chose in that moment of choosing, you know, she had to walk away from a dream that she had had. But then God opened another door of opportunity, and she has. A, in fact, she was with me uh, the day we launched, the day after we launched the book on Fox and Friends. Uh, she's got a very successful re- recording career. She's out there making a difference, with, especially with young people, as her testimony. And she's very talented, beautiful voice. And it's just amazing how God has just so blessed her stand. And that's it's what's encouraging to see. And now, in some cases, just as we read in Scripture, things don't always work out in the short term. But you never lose when you follow God. It may take us uh, down a path and a course we never anticipated. I mean, I never envisioned that I would be here at the, uh, at the, at the Family Research Council. And I never thought I'd be in politics. It was never a desire I had. But I write a little bit about that. Oh, actually, my father writes a little bit about that in the preface to the book of, of a choice I had to make back when I was a police officer to stand up against the department that was um, involved in abusing pro-lifers at an uh, Operation Rescue, which... I uh, hastened my exit from the police department as they uh, uh, basically suspended me and showed me the door. But, you know, when we follow God, we trust him. Uh, he has a plan that is so much more fascinating, exciting, and rewarding. But the problem is too many Christians are dominated by their fear, fear of man, fear of what others think, rather than being driven and led by their faith in God. Our special guest again today is Tony Perkins. He's the president of the Family Research Council of Washington, D.C. We're talking about his new book called No Fear, Real Stories of a Courageous New Generation Standing for Truth. Every young Christian needs to go through this book and to be energized and encouraged by it. And Tony, in the book, you talk about two young men out of Charlotte, North Carolina. found it fascinating. I actually watched these guys play college baseball. Uh, the They're Benham brothers. Yeah, Tony goes way back. These guys were involved in construction. Uh, they're going to do a television show. Tell us the rest of the story. What happened? David and Jason Benham, they are uh, very successful in, uh, in flipping houses, taking uh, foreclosed properties and helping people realize their dream homes. And they're very successful with that. They had been uh, in uh, pro ball and uh, Lord led them into the business world. And so uh, they were uh, approached by HGTV about doing a uh, reality program on uh, called Flipping Houses. And uh, they were going to, um, uh, I think, Flip It Forward was it, what it was called. And they were, they were going to uh, get these houses and, and help families get into their dream home. But the, uh, the Benham brothers, whose father is Flip Benham, who was very involved in the, uh, the pro-life movement in the 90s um, and in the 2000s and remains very active. They were very passionate about life, outspoken, also outspoken on the biblical view of marriage. And as they, they progressed, they had taped several programs and they were ready to launch the program, a lot of buzz and excitement about it. And uh, one of the homosexual activist groups got a hold of it and began attacking because they did not want these very winsome, uh, attractive, articulate millennials, speaking to the millennial generation, they didn't want them to have that platform. And unfortunately, HDTV canceled the program, but it has provided a huge platform 
uh, for David and Jason to take a message of the gospel and to show what fearless living looks like. And it's just a remarkable story. But again, it goes back to their childhood and, and, and walks you through up to this process. And it's just fascinating to see these profiles. Uh, really, it's a modern-day version of profiles and courage from a spiritual standpoint. And I'm excited, Tim, when I see that there are young people like this that are so committed to following Jesus. It gives me great hope, not just for this country, uh, but for the future, that there are those that are willing to pay the price for following Jesus Christ. Tony, I was in a meeting recently with Franklin Graham, uh, James Dobson, and some others, and Franklin was talking about getting ready to do a tour across the country on the steps of the state capitals. And uh, he's passionate about the only hope for America being a return to God. But, Tony, I hear those stories, and I think, go Franklin, go Dr. Dobson, go Tony Perkins. But what if I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan? What if I live in uh, a little town called Forest, Virginia? Well, we're challenging people to live out their faith. That's what Jesus has said is, you know, we're to, to live out our faith. We're to follow him. Every aspect of our lives is to be surrendered to living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And this is where we've come. Because of our lack of engagement, it's come to a point where cheerleaders, you know, writing scripture on a banner becomes a big legal suit, or a a young person testifying before the legislature on the definition of marriage gets, you know, all kinds of death threats. You know, we've backed off from the culture, we've disengaged, and so we've quickly seen what happens, you know, when you don't have salt and light, it gets dark and it gets, it starts to decay. And that's what's been happening in our culture. So that for those, uh, Tim, and I know you've heard it, because, you know, you and I have uh, been running together for a long time, there are those who say, I just want to preach the gospel. I don't want to get involved in those issues. Well, preaching the gospel today is controversial. And the ability to preach the gospel is at risk. We've come to that point where we have to be bold in simply sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel. And there are those that, I think, quite frankly, want to shrink back from even preaching the gospel. You know, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me, that is a controversial statement today. And there are some that want to avoid that. But it is the truth, and it is the heart of the gospel. No one comes to the Father but Jesus Christ. And it's time that we come to grips with the understanding that living our faith as true Christians is going to bring us to points of conflict and controversy. It's just the way it is. The Scripture says that he is a rock of offense to those who don't believe. Let me give you the closing word to all of us, Tony, out there who want to serve God, who want to have lives that matter. I think of, and I'll I'll close with this quote because it's one of my favorite. You put it in the book. Sir William Wallace, every man dies, not every man lives. And he said this, I want to live. Chapter 13, final chapter of the book, my favorite chapter, says write the next chapter. And, and that's the challenge is for each of us. And it really does come down to that. I, I quote Sir William Wallace in there, but I also take from one of my favorite movies, 12 O'Clock High, uh, where uh, Gregory Peck was in there, and he, and he played General Savage. And this was the daylight bombing raids in World War II. 
uh, over Germany, decimating to the the Air Corps. I mean, because they were sitting ducks, and and the, these guys were just physiologically impacted by this, unable to fly. And he just walked in as a new commander, and he said, "Consider yourselves already dead." I said, "That's harsh." But, you know, that's exactly what Jesus said. Take up your cross and follow me. When we have secured our eternity, because we follow, we've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, and we, just, we go ahead and we consider ourselves already dead to this world, then nothing else can affect us, and we can live with true freedom. And that's what we have to do today. We just have to consider ourselves, our reputations, everything else finished, and follow Jesus. And that's when life truly begins. When the stars came crashing down in tiny pieces to the ground, I was all alone down here, trapped beneath the atmosphere. Then I thought somebody called my name. I spun around and caught a flame. I gave in to a God I didn't know. Now everything is falling into place A brand new life is calling and I owe it all to grace It's so much brighter living in your world Save you what you did for me You gave me something I want everyone to see When we stumble and it all goes wrong Only you can make it right so I say Special guest again today has been Tony Perkins, President of the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C., great advocate for the faith in our day. Pray for Tony. Pray for the ministry up there, that God would continue to lead and direct them and more. And I want you to know that um, we're here every weekday on this station because we want to speak truth, hope, life into your life. We want to help you in your relationship with God. We want to help you in your marriage, your family. You know, after listening to today's program, maybe God's calling you. God took a boy out of central Pennsylvania, grew up two miles back a dirt road, pastor's son, and put me in this role. No idea where God was leading me, but the issue was just simply putting one foot in front of the other and saying, God, would you use me? And you may be saying, Tim, listen, I don't know that I'm called in some big way. Let me say this. You can be Christ and make a difference, a stand for him by being a great dad. How about a great mom? It's not a matter of doing great things for God. It's a matter of doing things for a great God. Saying, God, you know what? I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow you. Only God knows. Only eternity knows what will happen when you wholeheartedly follow him. That's our prayer today. 
Would you right now, where you're at, make a decision to do that? If we can be of help to you, visit us at lifeloveandfamily.net. That's lifeloveandfamily.net. Or call us toll free, 855-455-3264. Thanks for listening. Life, Love, and Family. Women in Depression. Get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women addicted to alcohol or drugs. Get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women with anxiety or eating disorders, trauma, and PTSD. Get confidential help. Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center. 1-877-257-9612. Or TimberlineKnowles.com.